Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? Who through life has been my guide? Have you ever wondered why there's this little passage in Scripture that talks about a 12-year-old young man whose parents leave him in Jerusalem? And they, they leave, and they have to come back. And where is he? He's in the temple. It's Jesus as a 12-year-old. In the temple, some scholars estimate the time period that that would have been the very week that the scepter departed Judah when the Romans took the authority away from Israel to hand out the death penalty. I just want you to think about that for a second. Because in the streets of Jerusalem, we have historical accounts. They're walking in the streets, ripping their garments and lamenting. God has failed us. Messiah has not come and we've lost the scepter. God has failed us. Imagine thinking that. Imagine that God has failed them. They believe that. All the while, the 12-year-old Messiah is standing in the halls of the temple, teaching these older men. And they're marveling at his words. It's fascinating. But we see a reference to that in John 18 as we continue through this narrative. John 18, verse 31 through 32, Then Pilate said to them, You take him and judge him according to your law. Therefore the Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spoke, signifying by what death he would die. And we know this is all prophetic. I won't go into all that today. We'll look at that a little closer as we study the crucifixion. But we know this had to come to pass. This must come to pass. These are the things prophesied. Jesus would die outside the camp. We know all of that was prophesied. But we know because Pilate was getting all these accusations from the Jewish leaders, they were trying to throw out anything that would get him to kill Jesus. And so then they say, well, insurrection. He's claiming to be a king above Caesar. That's what they start accusing him of. And then Mark chapter 15, verse 2 through 5, we read this. Then Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? He answered and said to him, it is as you say. And the chief priests accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. Then Pilate asked him again, saying, Do you answer nothing? See how many things they testify against you? Verse 5, But Jesus still answered nothing, so that Pilate marveled. Take note of that. He marveled. Pilate marveled. Now think about this for a second. Jesus is being accused of the very thing he didn't do. Remember, they tried to set him up as a ruler. They wanted him to set up his earthly kingdom. And he said, No, I'm not here for that. Not this time. Not this time, but it's coming soon. It's coming soon, and I can't wait. But he didn't take political office. But notice Pilate, he's never seen someone like this Jesus. And I would say none of us have either. God in the flesh, there's only one. There's only one Emmanuel. But he had no doubt had people stand in front of him begging for mercy. Oh, please, don't hurt me. Don't kill me. Don't. He'd had that, I'm sure. He'd had the vulgar. He'd probably had those who cussed and screamed and, and didn't care. But he had never had anyone like Jesus just stand there, answer his question, but then be silent at all the accusations. That's pretty powerful. 
I think it's a good lesson for you and me too. Let God defend you. When people attack you or say things, let God defend you. He always does a better job. And pray for the people who, who do slander and tear you down. Because God loves them too. And you should too. Sometimes we don't like people, but you have to love them. <laughs> so pray that God would help you love them and like them. That's always the best. But we, we read more about this famous conversation. We all know um, Jesus and Pilate have this famous conversation. And one of the most famous things that we see is in John 18, the second part of verse 37 and verse 38. Um, Jesus tells him, everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And Pilate said to him, what is truth? Now, I don't think Pilate was being arrogant when he said that. I think he was really asking, what is truth? What are you talking about? Because this was new to him. This was something different. And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. But back in verse 5, it said that Pilate marveled. One thing I want to say about that, that word marveled means to admire. Pilate was looking at Jesus and saying, there's something different about this guy. I admire him. But you remember, there's a warning in that. It's not enough to just admire Jesus. Do you understand? You can admire him all you want, but if he's not your savior, if he's not your Lord, you're still going to hell. There's going to be a lot of people who admire Jesus from afar who are going to end up in hell because they never received the gospel. They never received the free gift. Pilate admires him. He marvels. And we're going to see because of that admiration, he's going to try to do what he can to, to, to spare Jesus' life. But again, because of his own fear, because Pilate feared his own loss of life, his own loss of position more than he really marveled at Jesus. Understand that. He's going to try his best maybe his best, to stop the execution from happening. But nonetheless, the crowd, the pressure is going to get to him, the peer pressure, and he's going to give in. But he keeps pressing forward because he is the presider over this. But he fears the opinions of the Jewish people because they can tell on him. And we find out in other passages, they say, hey, you better do this or we're going to tell Caesar. It's so childish. But yet he was so fearful. But I will say this, they're conflicting uh, stories and history about Pilate. If you've ever wondered what happened to Pilate after all of this, they're conflicting stories. There's some stories that say he committed suicide, that his body was buried, they, they dug it up and buried him in several places over and over until eventually they dumped him in a lake in Italy. And there's all this weird stuff around that. But there's also some historical accounts that claim Pilate became a Christian. <laughs> and before you say, well, wait a second, that's impossible. How could God save a man like Pilate? Well, I'm going to tell you, I have proof, absolute proof that he can save a man like Pilate sitting in this room today. <laughs> it's all of us and standing as well. The thing is, is if God can save you and me, he can save Pilate. He can save anybody. I've heard of the story of, the, have you ever heard of the son of Sam killer? I don't know if he's still walking with the Lord, but it sounded like it. He was teaching Bible studies in the prison and people are like, no way could God save someone like that. I'm thinking, wait a second, have you read the story of David? <laughs> have you read any of the Bible? Uh, God is greater. His grace is greater than anything any of us could ever do. But I've read these stories, you know, in the second century, Tertullian, who's a Christian author, he wrote that, Christ that Pilate became a Christian. In the fifth century, we have accounts from the Ethiopian and Coptic Christians. They have a written statement that they say that Pilate was actually martyred for his faith. His head was cut off. He was buried near the sepulcher of Jesus with his wife and his kids who were all believers. Remember what his wife said in Matthew 27, the last part of verse 19, when this was going on, the trial of Jesus, she said, have nothing to do with that just man, for I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. So I don't know. Is, did, is Pilate in heaven? We'll find out when we get there. Is he in hell? I don't know. 
I don't want to find that out. So, but here's the thing. Here's what I know. God's grace is big enough to save Pilate. And I just think about it in a couple ways. What if Pilate did become a Christian? And he opens his eyes after his death. And the first face he saw is the man he condemned to death. Now he knows what truth is. <laughs> what is truth? He's right there in front of you, Pilate. How beautiful of a story would that be? And then if not, if he's a non-believer, understand this. Then he stood in front of Jesus as judge. And how intimidating would that be? The one he judged, the one he presided over his death. And I would say this, just like Pilate, we have to make a choice. All of us have a choice whether we're going to stand in front of Jesus as judge or as Savior. As the one who condemns us to hell or the one who blesses us in his kingdom. We all have that choice. Love can't exist without a choice. God gave us a choice. Pilate had a choice. And we'll find out that choice when the rapture happens soon. You know, next Tuesday or something. But I can't say that because... Here's the thing, no man know the day or the hour, so if I ever say a day and an hour, you know absolutely that can't be the day or hour, period, the end, because no man know the day or the hour. But in any case, when we go home, we'll know. But I also know this, in Luke 23, we see where Pilate's trying to compromise. Luke 23, 16, he says, I will therefore chastise him and release him. Pilate says, look, I'll beat him. That should satisfy you, and then I'll just release him. But they're not hearing it. These religious leaders have murder on their mind. They want to kill him. Mark 15, verse 6 through 7. Now at the feast, here's another way Pilate is going to try to compromise. Now at the feast, he was accustomed to releasing one prisoner to them, whoever they requested. And there was one named Barabbas who was chained with his fellow rebels. They had committed murder in the rebellion. I want to say something real quick. Understand three crosses were made. And sometimes we miss this. When Jesus is crucified, we know there are two thieves, two robbers, two murderers on his left and his right, one on each side. Well, these are most likely these men right here, his fellow rebels. Three crosses were made, but we're going to see an exchange. We're going to see an exchange between Barabbas and Jesus. And by the way, that's our third man today, the defier, Barabbas. Bar-Abba. Okay? His name means son of the father. And there's something beautiful in all of this. But this is what we're going to see. We're going to see this defier of all the law. He was a murderer. He was a rebel. He was an insurrectionist. We, he is just an evil man. And we're going to see that Pilate has this idea, they're, they're so merciful, the Romans, that during Passover week they say, we're going to let one prisoner go. We'll let one go. So he presents Jesus, the son of the Father, the son of the Heavenly Father, and Barabbas, whose name means the son of the Father. He presents them to the crowd. And Mark 15, 8 we read, then the multitude crying aloud began to ask him to do just as he always has always done for them understand this crowd is used to manipulating Pilate. he's they're used to making him cave to pressure it's never a good thing to cave to pressure to let the crowd tell you, you know we see that in israel hey make us a golden calf yeah i'm sure it'll all be fine we'll just dance naked around it and you know we've had cussing and, and uh, swearing in church now we're gonna talk about that stuff i guess but here's the thing it's never good when the crowd tells the leaders what to do this has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m.
For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, GolgothaFellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A Fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.